The sponsor for this episode is Whoop. If you haven't heard of Whoop, it is a fitness tracker that provides personalized daily insight into recovery, strain, and sleep. Uh, and this has provided some really cool, actionable data. I've been using it personally. There's a ton of PGA Tour players that are using it. You've probably seen Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, and others wearing it. Um, and here's uh, kind of what I take away the most is, is number one, sleep and recovery. So every morning you can uh, look at your phone, go into the app, look at the data, and it'll tell you kind of how your recovery was. Are you ready to take on a lot of strain that day? Should you relax a little bit more? And make take really better actions based on how your body is doing. And then strain, this will let you know of how hard is your body actually working. Is that workout that you're doing, is there enough strain? Is there not enough? And look at all those different things. Um, in the golf context, uh, just the other day, really interesting, I found that playing nine holes walking um, was the same amount of strain as playing 18 holes riding in a cart. There's so many good things from Whoop, you should check it out. We got 15% off your Whoop membership, code GSL, 15% off. GSL. Uh, head over to whoop.com and check that out. Definitely recommend picking one. We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. My name is Cordy Walker, your host, and we're sitting down with Eric Cagorno today. You probably know him from his YouTube channel. Um, some of his ads have been all over social media. You have probably seen something that he's done lately. This conversation was recorded at the Open Forum in January at the PGA Show timeframe. So at that time, Eric was traveling around full time on the road. So we talk a little bit about his experiences there, really unique. Uh, and I enjoy hearing kind of the different people he's spending time with, what he's learning, all that good stuff. Uh, and then we also talk about some of his teaching, what he's learned from you know all the students. He has a huge platform on YouTube and gets a lot of comments, a lot of feedback. And so curious what he has learned from that. Really fun conversation with Eric. I always enjoy sitting down with him, having a quick chat. Let's dive into this. Uh, and I, I guess a quick warning, there's some swearing this episode as well. All right, here we go. So uh, we're, we're here at Open Forum at the PGA Show, real informal. I, just curious, over the last like few months, what has been most interesting to you, whether you're working with students or just learning and researching, is, is there anything that's kind of like been a pattern that is, is new to you? I think it's a little bit unique for me, Cordy, of like, because I've been spending my time traveling and yeah. talking with different coaches. So for me, it's been a, a, a learning from other people. And as I've been, I was saying this before, as I've been uh, doing videos with other people, right, and I'm spending time uh, filming YouTube videos and getting their take on things, I've become more of the student uh, than, than the learner. And so I've really been uh, put in the shoes of the person taking the lesson, which has been eye-opening for me. And so really what it's been is not sexy, but reconfirming a lot of the same pieces um, in that like, I don't know if I can swear in here or not, yeah, but like shit swear. needs to be simpler than I think. Yeah. And uh, most oftentimes people need less things than I think. Yeah. And when I'm the one in taking the lesson, that's so fucking apparent in front of my face, yeah. even though when I'm giving the lesson, it's not all the time so much. So that's been a key eye opener. I think as I've spent time with other coaches, um, no one has any kind of magic pills. 
you know, even though sometimes I'm out there searching for them, uh, solid fundamental basic things work. And uh, so that's kind of where I've been at the past couple months. I saw you were just with David Orr. Yeah. Um, doing some videos. Let, let's just run through, like, what are interesting nuggets from you're with him, other people, like, what are some interesting things that have stood yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. So we we started with Andrew Rice and Savannah. Okay. Uh, a lot of good wedge stuff. Yep. You know, a lot of good wedge stuff. We went from there to game-like training yep. uh, in Highfield. Did you hit Andrew's, the the wedge with no grooves? Was that, was we that did, around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, exactly. Talking nice. about the grooves part of it. I learned a bunch of stuff on spin. Okay. I learned something from everyone that I kind of spend time with. Yep. So we went up to Ian, did some practice videos, went, um, we went from there to Pinehurst, did some putting videos. I wanted to squeeze as much putting info out of David Orr as humanly possible, yeah. and we did that. Um, so those videos are kind of coming out now. We went to Nashville, Ben Pelicani, I don't know if you know him or not, it's a Bender guy. He, his videos were our best performing so far, interestingly enough. Uh, very mechanical, which is what our audience likes. So. I would say there's a couple things in the David Orr videos that I've never talked about in videos before that would be like new info. Yeah. But the reality is a lot of the shit is kind of just regurgitated different stuff, but different yeah. drills and shit, you know, yeah, different yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, everybody communicates in a different way. So it's all, it's gonna sound a little different and it's gonna work for one person and whatnot. That's why like yeah. two people can have the same information and one coach is gonna get his student to be better and the others, not right? yeah, 100%. Um, even though they maybe know the same things and they're technically trying to do the same thing, it's the way they communicate and the way they coach to get a result, which is what coaching should be all about, in my opinion. I've come to the conclusion over my years of coaching that's been reconfirmed heavily in the past couple months that feedback when you're practicing has got to be the one differentiator in practice that 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 defines whether someone's going to improve their swinging game or not. I'm like I'm like starting to be firm on that concept. And when I say feedback, I mean video yep. or practice station, uh, direct one-to-one -one correlation, Cordy, with the students I see, myself coach, and the other coaches that I've seen that use feedback well and get better, and those that don't uh, kind of roller coaster. Well, I mean, feedback's super interesting because there's always feedback, right? Whether it's the ball flight yeah. or whether it's you saying something or it's like, uh, you know, a cone in the ground with a noodle attached to it, like hitting sure. you in the backswing, right? Yeah. All these kinds of feedback, and we can either ignore it completely, yeah. Um, which most of us do, yeah. honestly, most of the time <laughs> with practice, right? We're yep. just like, I don't know what I'm doing, yes. I'm swinging, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, and so like, what kind of feedback, it, you know, you've seen it be super important, what kind of feedback is best, do you think, or have you seen yeah. work best for people? I think you have to differentiate if the feedback should be performance-based, what's the golf ball doing, or me-based, what am I doing? If it's performance-based, what's the golf ball doing, you need some form of measurement, uh, so I would dictate, am I, what am I working on? If it's direction control, uh, I'm gonna give myself something measurable where I hit the ball within a certain zone, right of the target, something simple. Distance control, uh, 0.00001% of people I know work on distance control. Yeah. Vital part of hitting the ball on the green, yeah. right? So something like that. If it's swing feedback, if your goal is to change your swing mechanics, um, video to me is the king of the hill. Uh, it's good ways to use it bad. And then a practice station would, to me would be number two. So I, I think there's, a, I think there needs to be a. Are you trying to change your ball flight and mechanics? I would, I would uh, separate the two, and then learn to um, bring the two back together. 
Gotcha. What, so when the feedback for the for the golf swing, so video and then yeah. a practice station, do you like like physical feedback, like you know the noodle example of like having something like that? Like what yeah. what kind of feedback do you like? Physical for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say step one is like video. Yeah. Yeah. Like like what, what's something you might work on in your swing? Like what's a, something you've done? Back swing. It's it's perfect. I don't. You're just going. Yeah, I don't think there's really. I mean, we can we can review the video. No. Yeah. Um, what would be something that I'd work on in my swing? I'm not probably like not early extending, like rotating through the ball. Yeah, I can't rotate through the ball. Yeah. So, and, and and maybe you will or won't ever fix that. Yeah. But if your goal is to not early extend, to me there's only one way you know if you actually did that correctly or not. And I mean no no. Yeah. Like zero guess, and that's and that's video. It's watching it. Yeah. It's watching it. And so, how you use that now? Now, now you that can't be the whole practice. People fall in the trap of they become so mechanical. That's all they do, and that's a whole other conversation. If you, if you situate that in your practice, which I would do in phase, your second part, and you set a number of golf balls I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do 20 balls with video, period. I know what my, my focus is. I'm gonna focus on this one thing and I'm gonna exaggerate and do it till I get it. All those things not easy to do. Uh, that works, you know, like that works. Anything else to me is a semi-guess. You don't know if you did it or not. If your goals change movement, that's the play. If your goals just change ball flight, hit it a little bit or whatever, maybe you don't need to do all that. Interesting. How do you avoid the trap of, I know that I face this personally and then I know other people that like you look at video of your golf swing yeah. and you hate it. I think everyone he hates their swing sure. when they look at it, right? Me too, yeah. Um, and I, so I know I can get the results that I need with my golf swing how it is, yep. right? Like I don't necessarily need to fix what's wrong yep. to play fine golf and how much I play, right? Yeah. So how do you avoid the trap of doing that and then getting super just like, you just mentally fall apart because you're like, I suck. And then you hit, you know, a hundred balls later, you're like, you're just depressed yeah, and you yeah, quit, absolutely. right? I think it depends on what your goal is. So is your goal fine golf? Uh, yeah. I, well, I think my, my goal is I know with the swing that I have it, I can play how I want to play. Then I don't think you should do video. Okay. Yeah, so that's a great point. Yeah. I don't think video is universal. Everyone should do it. I think if you're, just the same way, if I if I wrote you a diet plan based on science that, that will work, your blood work, but you don't want to lose weight, that plan isn't yeah. effective. Yeah. And so I think it's only for the golfer who's, you, they have to be bought in on that, and then it requires discipline, yeah. right? It requires like, hey, you're going to come one day on day one, it's gonna look great on video. Two days later, you're gonna feel the same thing, it's gonna look shitty. Are you prepared to handle that? But I would need you to say to me, I'm looking to win this tournament next year. Here are my motivating factors. I'm not hitting enough greens. We identify early extension. You would need to be all bought in on that. Yep. That would be, you know what I'm saying? Well, okay, the, you, you laid us to even a better point. So um, too many people dive into swing changes I, th I personally feel like too often when they don't, they would be better off with a skill-based improvement of like, hey, we need to just work on distance control. Like you said, like go grab a launch monitor and try to hit it 150 to 160 yards and let's see how you do, right? And let's improve that, blah, 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 with what they have today. How do you decide when to make a change and, and when to go down that route of grabbing the video and, and doing all that? So the reality is part of it's a business decision. So if everything was based on the golfer getting better at golf, and they were all gonna invest the time, I think 90% of people should go heavily skill right off the bat, learn to curve the ball one way, miss on one side of the target, do distance control, yada, yada. They would score better. 
my YouTube audience tells me that scoring better is not their motivating factor. It's ego-based, yep. it's hit the ball well, it's I want to impress my buddy base. Isn't that interesting? I, I mean, I, I know this, I've, I've done, sur I like, yeah. I've seen the same stuff, and it's super interesting. Like, It's not what I want, yep. but it is. Yep. And so I used to fight that market a lot and try and push people into skill, that, which, is, which I think is the correct answer. Right. But if they're not, if they're not going to do it and they don't want that, yep. I, I'm preaching these great things that are, don't, don't mean anything. So, so what I try and do, Cordy, to answer your question, is I try and get them in the door with mechanics. Mm -hmm. I try and grab their attention, I try and get them by in, and then I will funnel in skill stuff. So I, I think this will answer part of it too. If someone practices with me, and I had control over it, yep. okay, I don't know what that, I, I would have people practice in four phases. So if you were to hit, let's just say 100 balls, which is too many for people for the sake of example, I would say the first 20 to 25, you should do a warm up and wedge distance control as you're warming up. So you're doing a skill of distance control as you're doing it. The second 20 balls, you would do mechanics because that's what they want, okay? The third phase, you would do what I would call a skill thing. That might be hit all the balls to the right of the target. It was some kind of game I'd make up. And then part four would be a course-like where I'd do stuff with Ian, full routine, da da da, -da. Yep. So they would hit all the phases and they do mechanics within it. Now the trick for the average golfer is take this little feel I gave you. Now if I'm a good coach, I gave you someone to fix your early extension that is one thing and one thing only with one feedback source. And then you need to learn how to take that feel, combine it with other little micro things that control ball flight if, if changing your swing is your objective, not mine. Hmm. Does that explain it or make that more yeah, confusing? No, I, I get it 100%. Yeah. I, I think people should message us on Twitter and tell us yeah. why you care more about your golf swing than your golf scores. Ego. I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think ego. I really yeah. do. I really do. I think it's the same reason that people dress the way they did in here. I think it's the same reason why everything happened in here yeah. is the reality is most all of us in here are conscious of what the other people are thinking, and the same thing's true on the first tee. And that's, and that's, I think, why a lot of people practice the way they practice. Because if they look like an idiot hitting the tee shot in the first shot, they don't care if they rally and chip and putt well and shoot 80. Most people. They, they want to look good on that first tee just for the reason why they got to make money, they drive the car, they drive and everything else. I think it's a deeper psychological conversation. This is, Hello. This is a, this is a podcast. Went there quick, yeah. No, and, and you've just found that because the content that you produce, you've seen that that is what works best and yeah. you know, you've obviously asked folks. And I think, Cordy, there's a business decision that I made of like, Planet Fitness, I believe, is the uh, most successful gym on the planet. <clears throat> Last year, they did $850 million in revenue with an M. It's impressive. You know how many health companies that sell pills do hundreds of billions with a B on it? Now, you've got a gym where you go to the gym, the correct thing, you eat well, you work out, 850 million, you take a pill, you eat whatever you want, billion with a B. So there's a, there's a business decision there. Yep. Uh, I'll give you a minute. Maybe, I don't know if you have an answer right away for this, but um, is there anything, the opposite of the first question, that you've stopped doing over the past few months or you like n no longer find super relevant? Um, it's just kind of faded away. Maybe it's a tool, a piece of gear, or um, you're traveling now, you couldn't take everything. You know, like, is there anything that you don't use? And we'll... We'll play the the waiting music. For yeah, this I, I I think I think on a really macro level, I'm so sold on the fact that if I don't touch and reach the person's motivations as a human being, I'm not going to get the golf stuff that I want. And so I'm like really really sold on that, and I will spend as much time on that as possible. Um, like I'd be curious to dig in for you what you want with your golfers, your extension, because to me it sounds like your extension is not even 
wouldn't even be part of like the, the, the plan. So I, I, would, I would say that is a big part of it. From a swing perspective, um, I would, I, I'm really big on club face. Uh, so I will do whatever, I would say I generally teach people to square a club face first, to curve it left, kick their path more to the right, to start a right curve or left, and then body pivot. That would be my mechanics. Um, I'm leaning more and more towards neutral strong grips, not weak. That's a preference model. Um, I, I, would, I would say maybe I'm not as concerned with backswing structure as I once was, minus three things. How much turn they have, how much depth they have, and their wrist conditions in club face. I, 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 don't tr I used to try and make takeaways perfect. You want mechanical? Yep. Like this, yeah. I used to try and make a takeaway look perfect a lot, and the player's takeaway would look good and they got worse. You know, I had that a lot. Yep. So I would, say I'm, I would say I'm less concerned with someone hitting a spot that I think is correct based on data of golfers who are good. I'm more concerned with hitting one or two macros. I'm also uh, realized more now that let me, let me dig into that yeah, yeah. Real, real quick. So there, you know, you've heard someone say like, I don't care about the backswing because all that matters is impact. Yeah. You know, the, the, the opposite of that is, well, the backswing puts you in a position yeah. to get to impact. So some matters, obviously, some parts matter, right, of, the, of that? I think that's not debatable. Like, of course it matters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. Right. Yes. Right. It can't not matter. Right, yeah. right. No, like, you know, your, your pivot, matters the the way that you're loaded or not um matters we had uh mark blackburn here was talking about his work with kevin chapel and how they were struggling because of his limited mobility to to do all these kinds of things and all the work they're doing is fascinating it's really really cool mark blackburn's a really and i don't know him never met him he's a really interesting character to study his guys have the most um unique not pretty looking swings yep. of guys that's on tour yep. there's something really fascinating about that and so, his ability to kind of so he has a framework that he works within yeah to, like a coaching philosophy framework a taxonomy got it um we did a, I, so i did a, actually a workshop with him where I filmed a couple lessons and then we sat down and talked about it. Yeah. Um, it's for sale, golfsciencelab.com. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to check that <laughs> yeah, out, perfect. I'll send you the link. Uh, no, um, but like, no, he, he literally has this, this framework that he goes through because it's not opinion, you know, of like, I sure. think that it should look like this, that there's a real structure to it. So um, I think that's one of the advantages he has is he has a system that he follows, which is puts the player first, right? So they do what's best for them, which we can see is working. His players yeah. are awesome, you know? I, I, I think for the average golfer that what's difficult, and, and I think of this as you tell that about that, is there's not, there's not a connect that's one-to-one -one between what I or the coach wants and what the player wants. And I think trying to get that connection uh, the same is an interesting thing. And then framing things for people. Like I've learned to reframe longer time frames for people. So like, let's say you wanted to hit your driver better, right? Let's say early extension, okay? And I said, man, imagine it's January 3rd, 2021. We're sitting a year from now. That, that fucking year's gonna fly by. And in January 10th, 2001, you play golf, you're hitting the ball how you want, you record it, and it looks how you want, that early extension's gone, everything's good. Would you be happy with that? Yeah. You'd be fucking thrilled. Yeah. Now that's a year from now, yep. right? So okay, and now, now, I, now I have you in a framework where I can kind of build a plan together. That's important yep. to me. Most of the people that come in want me to tell them something, they watch a YouTube video, they think and presume I'm an expert and presume I have a fix. 
Whereas I want them to build a plan based on skill with some mechanical, because I need to get them in the door, to build themselves into like a better person and player in 12 months. I think that that's, I think that that's a um, important part. Almost everything in my life, whatever it is, has taken longer than I assume. That, that, that's worthwhile. So it's the same thing with the golf swing. Like if I'm gonna change early extension, you know, I, I, need, I need six to 12 months out of you. And I need you to be all in on it. The natural, you know, the natural inclination is like to cringe a little bit, right? Yeah. And I think that's every golfer on the planet is, is like, you're telling me that like understanding this one move or doing this one drill isn't going to get me there in the next two weeks. Like that's, I think, the world that we live in, which is just human nature. And that's like, that's really hard to say yes to that. It's, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, and I, I, my philosophy that I switched as of this year, which has been a correlation between my um, success, if you will, has been my willingness to like go close to clickbaity and sell something short term to get someone in the door so that I could really give them what I think they need. And, and I was unwilling to do that in the beginning part and it reflected, I think, in the amount of views we got and success, et cetera. And now I'm willing to throw a video out that says some kind of bullshit but then when the video comes on, I have your attention and then I can talk about what I really think needs to happen. And I think a lot of people are afraid to go that far because their ego and their conscious of what people think. Because here's the reality, we're sitting at this thing, there's some people in here who, who look at my videos who think like, they don't like what I do. You know, they're like, I don't like this thing like that. And I'm okay with that, you know? And, and I, think, I think for people who want to film videos and shit like that, it's getting to that point where you're okay with it to put the content out, which you've been doing for a long time. Credit, done a lot of people would do that. But that same fucking shit applies in the first T. Like, you, if you're gonna get better in anything, like we can talk about the science behind this, this is what it is, right? The shit needs to feel goofy, there needs to be a learning curve, there's gonna be fucking errors along the way. There is no getting through this, there's no hack to get completely through that. Those who are willing to go through that process get better, those who aren't will not. Unfortunately, there's a big pile of people who will not go through that. And they've got a lot of money, and it needs to go somewhere, right? And so that's, kind of what we're left with. Makes sense. Uh, random, just we'll switch to a random question now to end. Uh, is there a piece of golf gear, whatever it could be, that you've bought or been given the last few months that you have started using and love? Anything, the club live view. or? Live view. Okay. Yeah, game changer. Nice. nice. So, mirror vision? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the ability, uh, you, can I, you just describe it real quick? Yeah, I, so live view is something that you would, uh, it's a little device you put behind you and then you would link it to your uh, iPad or phone and it's live view because you can see yourself live, view yourself live. So the camera goes uh, instant, instantaneously, I guess you'd say, to the iPad. I can see myself as I'm going. I can draw stuff on the screen. So you'd put the iPad like on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then the camera's behind bingo. you. Bingo. So you can actually be in your golf posture doing a move and have the iPad right in front of your ball. Recording yourself, I just got done saying is the best feedback, I think. So seeing yourself do a move live, dude, and you know, I mean, the amount of feedback is, it's fucking eye-opening. So I love that. I, I, I love, 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 love that for people who are willing to put the time in to do it. Uh, best spot that people should go to to check out what you're doing, YouTube, and YouTube, then your yeah, website yeah. as well. Yep. Eric Arguino, uh, just Eric Arguino Golf on YouTube be the best. I'll kind of handle them from there.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Golf Science Lab podcast. Thank you to Eric Cagorno for hanging out with us on this week's show. Make sure to check out what he's up to over on YouTube and his website. If you enjoy this podcast, you know, it'd be really great is if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic. Um, and we hope to see you here next week. We'll be back as usual. Uh, follow along Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and keep up to date on what we're up to. This episode was hosted by me, Cordy Walker, and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. 